What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the Best Life. Life podcast and Jill Coleman, and we are back in the studio kitchen. <laughs> Funny enough, after one of the episodes on sex and dating, I did receive an application this morning. Did you really? I did. Oh, and so, it, does it look like it has any promise? Well, he's in Nashville, which is promising. Okay, <laughs> did he sell himself? I want to hear if he's good at marketing. He tried it. What I mean, I, I, there could there was no picture, so it didn't follow all the directions. I needed height, picture. But it's okay. At least I got one application. I'm keeping keeping them rolling in. You so. know what? I think we need to do part two of that, actually, the dating and <laughs> sex. Just oh, maybe or more of a Q&A. Yeah. Oh, that would be really fun. That, that would be, be super, super fun. fun. Um, before we get into this episode, I want to give a shout out to Organifi, our sponsor. I love seeing that you guys are picking some of the stuff up. We saw a little uh, like testimonial in our Facebook group about the greens. They said they thought they would be maybe gross. And since they trusted us, they got them and they really liked them, which I love that. I think they are actually delicious. A little minty. I know some people don't like the minty. It's so. a little bit minty, I think, to kind of hide maybe some of the greens flavor, which is pretty good. You know, one of the things I've been using more and more is the cacao bliss. I've been putting them in my protein shakes, putting them a little bit in my oatmeal in the morning, and Ooh, it's been delicious with a little bit of peanut butter. So yummy. I'm obsessed. Yes. Well, if you guys want to get some of that stuff and also the probiotics I take obsessively because that's the only way I go to the bathroom. But, uh, <laughs> go let's to, not talk about that today. Let's go to Organifi.com. And if you type in the best life at checkout, you'll get 20% off, which always helps. Yeah. Find the and money project. Amazing. And people are tagging us, which is really cool using the product. So. so what are we talking about today? Okay. So we are talking about something that, you know, I've been thinking about this and you and I have this conversation I feel like I say this at the beginning of every podcast. You and I have this conversation all the time. (laughs) So why not just turn on the record button and go ahead and talk about it? So one of the things that both you and I do is we help people build their online personal brands. I know that storytelling is something that's really important to you. I teach a lot of the tactical stuff. I would say if I had to say one thing that I'm probably the best at is marketing is just writing marketing copy and stuff like that. But one of the things that always is a question of mine, and I've asked you this so many times, I've asked a lot of my friends, a lot of my peers, is if you want to do online business as a health coach, uh, maybe online trainer, and you have a personality brand, which means you're doing social media, your face is in front of 
the camera, it's your voice, it's your messages, it's you, right? People are buying into you as a coach, not necessarily your solutions, not necessarily your expertise, your certifications. Those things are important, but they're really trying to connect with the person. And we know that this space is getting a lot more saturated and our potential customers or clients and even people who are just maybe readers or viewers or listeners can connect like with such specificity to these personal brands. And one of the questions I have is if you are not really an interesting person, you're not living an interesting life, is there anything about you that's going to make people kind of stand up and take notice? And so today we want to talk about how to be interesting on the internet, maybe in general, mm-hmm. one of the prompts was, this kind of got me thinking, I was at um, an event a couple weeks ago, and maybe you guys caught this on my Instagram story. I was listening to a talk from a business strategist named Rory Vader, and he said, you know, and he was talking about personal branding, and he said, you need to build an audience, and you also need to get results, which of course we kind of know you need to get results for your clients, but he said, if you are not someone who's living an interesting life, then this might not be for you. And I thought about that because I have worked with people in the past who sometimes I just wonder, you know, is there a charisma about them that is attractive? Do you, for internet branding, we know Instagram, do you just need to be super good looking or do you need to have like a banging body or do you need to have a PhD or do you need to be a doctor? Like what is the thing that if it's not any of those things, can you still build traction? And I do think that you can, but I think that you need to take your personality and you need to a little bit put it up on steroids for the internet. And so today we want to talk about some strategies on, and also should you even care to? So do you want to weigh in on that? Yeah. I mean, I think that there is this, this it factor that's really hard to define and characterize, you know, um, whack when I started doing fitness modeling, of course it was like, you had to be the prettiest or the most fit, but that doesn't always get that that's not the most marketable actually. You know, I remember when Jamie Eason came on the scene, she had this short little bob haircut when everybody had this long, beautiful hair. And so there was something about her that was different. And it's not always about, in fact, it's, it's definitely not always about looks. We were just on a walk this morning with uh, Dan, Jill's uh, younger brother, and talking about Thrive and some of our favorite speakers. And Dan and I both really liked Jesse Itzler. And Jill asked, well, why, what was it about him? And we just said his his way on stage. I mean, he had this crazy thing on his head. It wasn't even a bandana. It was like a a t-shirt tied up on his head. He was, he's definitely not the most attractive guy, but there was this charisma about him. There was a way that he spoke. There was an energy that really made him stand out. And I think that while he might not be the best looking person, he does have something interesting about him. So it's like, let's take a look at what I, I really believe everybody has something interesting about them, which is why I really like story. I just spoke at Fitposium two week, a week or two ago, and we talked about story. We talked about what stories you can bring up out of your life to create um, re- relatability with your customers and clients, people following you, create credibility. And I think that stories can also make you more interesting and give you that it factor, things that you do to that kind of make you stand out. And so I while I think some of us think we have boring lives, I think if you really look at it and you get down into your story or you find little things about you, you can find that piece. So, I mean, I think you do have to be interesting for people to want to follow you online, at least for sure, because it's just so much noise. But I think you can also curate 
interesting things. Totally. And you know, one of the questions I have is why do people care so much about reality television? We think about social media, it's kind of like reality TV and I'm going like, you know, the original reality television shows were talk shows. So you have Jerry Springer and like, why is Jerry Springer interesting? Because it's so outlandish. And I don't think it has to be that, but we look at someone like the Kardashians or we look at, you know, I don't know, Kanye West, like these people who are just like, they're so like what we would consider kind of like off the wall crazy, but it's like, you can't not pay attention on Mm -hmm. some level, even if you hate yourself for paying attention. (laughs) It's kind of like, what is it about them? And I don't think it, you need to be extremely wealthy. I don't need, think you need to be like on private jets. I don't think you need to even be traveling the globe. That's one way to do it. But I think if you are someone who's maybe, you know, like a mom or you have like, you work at a corporate job and you're trying to build your online business or you want to build your online platform as a personality or a personal brand, there are ways in which that you can increase the traction ability, I feel like, of your message by doing things strategically to be more interesting. So I have a like a little bit of a list, but do you want to talk about yours first? Well, I I just wanted to bring back one thing you said at the beginning about being yourself on steroids. Yeah. One of the things when I was teaching a course called Social Academy, we would always say kind of be yourself but bigger. Like play up play up pieces of your character, you can kind of become a character. And it's not necessarily faking, it's you, but it's a bigger version of you. So for a while, when I was doing the Sweaty Betty's, I was really playing up the coffee stuff. And that was a little before like the coffee thing was everybody's thing, I think. And it was like, I had friends who were concerned about my coffee consumption. I'm like, look, I do it for, (laughs) I do it for the people. It's not, I'm not like actually having an IV of coffee in my arm, but it was, you know, it was to play it up a little bit and to just relate and make it fun and make make it make me more memorable so if people saw like a coffee meme they would think of me and kind of like with you and Drake so I know that we'll bring it to the we'll start talking about those but I think playing up pieces of you that just make it more of you instead of trying to think of something new and like create a character out of nothing like totally create a character of yourself and who you already are love it yes so absolutely so it definitely needs to be true so the thing that Danny was kind of referencing is something that I teach called knowables and obviously this is you know it makes a lot of sense these are kind of maybe quirky things about you that you do talk about strategically they do need to be true by the way so Danny yes she drinks a shitload of coffee and so she just decided that like you know what coffee is going to be one of my knowables I want people to like kind of know that I'm a little bit of a coffee addict and so think about for you what are maybe the three to five things that you can strategically play up so literally I'll go to my Instagram feed and go wow I haven't talked about you know I haven't showed uh, a BAS which is a big ass salad I haven't shown one of those in a while. I haven't showed myself drinking wine in a while I haven't talked about Drake in a while I haven't talked about I mean like just these random like I haven't shown the books that I'm reading so there's some things that I want people to know about me that are also true that make things interesting. And so one of my favorite, and this is something I always try to remind myself even, is if you want to be interesting, be interested. So I feel really lucky because I have a lot of people around me, including Danny and my brother Dan and some other friends who are constantly engaged. So they're reading books, they're listening to podcasts, they're going to conferences, they're constantly trying to engage with new material. They're trying to learn new things. They're interested in stuff. Like one of the things about Danny J is that she's always trying to learn something. She's always trying to like find out more about something, go to an event, you know, meet a new person, ask them what they're doing. I think if you want to be interesting, you have to be interested because that's interesting. So if, you know, you're following someone on the internet and they're showing what books they're reading, what podcasts podcast you're listening to at a bare minimum all of us can do that kind of stuff because it's just like you can get a $15 book you can read it and then you can extrapolate like one amazing 
tool or tip and share that on the internet. That's something that a lot of people are not doing. Yep. So I love that strategy is those knowables and then also just be engaged and educate yourself. Yeah. I like the starting, you know, we, starting new things or trying new things. Like where well, you just uh, interviewed Elena Cardone and she was saying she got into jujitsu yeah. and I didn't realize, I just kind of assumed that maybe she had always done fighting growing up. And she said, no, I just want to try something new. And I go, you know, that's, it's actually such a cool thing to see somebody doing that of maybe picking up a new hobby, going to like paint nights or something, um, learning something totally new and out of your comfort zone, because it allows us, it allows us as the audience to go along on your journey, kind of see it. It, kind of see like maybe the uncomfortable pieces of it, maybe how fun it is, maybe how hard it is, but it does make for interesting content to watch. And that, back to like reality TV, it's it's not like we're just watching people watch TV. We're watching them engage in either crazy conversations or they're they're doing activities, they're doing something fun. So you have to give people a reason to want to watch you and yep. be engaged with you. I do believe there needs to be some relatability factor as far as your personality, mm -hmm. but it doesn't have to be relatable on what you're doing. Like you don't have to be flying a private jet. That's not relatable for everyone. <laughs> if you're a mom, that's relatable to a lot of women. So what, what can you do with your kids? Maybe that's kind of fun or interesting or maybe, you know, I kind of, I laugh because I'm, I'm not a mom and some of the accounts I like following are the ones that are kind of, um, I don't know how to put this, but they kind of, I don't want to say make fun of their kids, but they're, they're like the stressed out moms, like the, the ones who talk about not being perfect moms. And then they show their kids showing up to school with like two different shoes on and, and yeah. two different socks on. I like that because it makes me feel like, okay, I would be the hot mess mom and I, I could relate to this person and it makes me laugh. And I think it's interesting. So you don't have to, um, you don't have to be perfect. You just fi find some things that are interesting about you and then play them up. If you're a hot mess, be a freaking hot mess and show us how much of a hot mess you are. Yep. I love it so much. And you know, one of the things that I think about when it comes to those different personality types, so maybe one's like kind of a stressed out hot mess, maybe someone else is like always together, you know, even with Danny and I, if you guys have been listening to a couple of episodes, you've kind of get that, you know, we do have our own separate personalities. Like for example, I'm definitely more, uh, what's the word like? uh, prescriptive. So Danny's like, can we get on and like not have like three takeaways? Cause it's true. And then Danny always has a lot of amazing stories and metaphors and things like that, that I really appreciate. So I think we kind of fill each other's gaps in and as a listener of that, you're probably like, cool. There's a little bit of a dynamic there that I find familiar and familiarity breeds trust. So you go, oh, I know Danny and Jill. They're kind of like this this duo and they have these kind of like different quirks about them. And it's a it's a storyline, right, that you're kind of creating. So I think about the Kardashians and I don't really, I haven't watched the show in years, but I used to watch it. And I remember like Lord Disick or whatever his name was, like Scott, <laughs> Scott. Disick, right? Lord <laughs> Disick. And you knew his personality was like so just like cheesy and kind of like a prick and like, yeah. but you came to rely on that personality in a way. You knew the way he would interact with everyone else. It was kind of funny, kind of quirky. And so I think that there's something to kind of honing in on and sharing with the internet your quirks, like your weird things about you. So what are the storylines? Who are the characters? Be really deliberate with like who you bring into your Instagram stories. Who do you have on your feed? Like I want people to see all the same people. I want them to know about my dog and about my family and about Danny J. And I want them to see those people all the time because familiarity breeds trust. And if someone trusts me, they're much more likely to want to engage with me or even purchase something from me or, or just be part of the circle. You know, yep. I think when it comes to the characters, you really do kind of look at your life as a 
I, I guess a reality show. You can script it. I mean, this is the good and bad with social media, right? All of this stuff that Jill shares is real. Everything that I share is real. But at the same time, we do choose and we are very strategic and curated about what we share as well. So, you know, there are ways that we can have people see us that make it more interesting. Like we go to the beach, we're doing like I tried skateboarding a little bit yesterday. I know Jill's actually learning to skateboard, which is really cool. We we literally bought roller skates last year because we were thinking we need to do something interesting. We need to do something new and different. So it actually even makes, I think, life more fun because you start thinking of new ways that you can actually have more fun. And, and you don't need to live at the beach. Like one of the things that one of my clients, Deanna Schober, does is she's a mom of four. And she, her, both her and her husband are entrepreneurs and they're online personal brands and coaches. And what they do is they go to a different restaurant every week. So they have a date night once a week and they have four kids, right? So they're like so busy and they, every once a week they have a date night and they make it a thing to go somewhere new. And then they give it like a little critique online. And that's like kind of fun to watch. You're like, oh, it's Thursday night. It's date night. What yep. restaurant is it going to be? It's a different cuisine or, and everyone can do that no matter where you live. You don't need to live in Los Angeles or New York or, you know what I mean? You don't have to be traveling all over the world. I like having something consistent like that because yeah. people start to wait for Expect it. it. Like my inappropriate picture Friday, which I always forget it's Friday these days, but people <laughs> will go, hey, it's Friday. Like they're waiting for it. I had a client, Julie Reed. You can follow her. It's Julie Reed on Instagram, but she does whole fish Tuesday and it's so ridiculous and so random, but every Tuesday she goes and buys a whole fish and eats it and it's like with the head on and everything it's so gross and it's but it's it's so bizarre but it is I love watching it like it makes me laugh so hard because it's so quirky it's like who and it doesn't even make sense whole fish Tuesday makes no sense which is also why it's amazing and hilarious and interesting it's so funny. I think you can really, so if you're sitting there going, you know, I do the same thing every week, right? Like I do the same thing. One of the people I think does this the best of kind of having a ritualistic lifestyle. Like I know Danny's all over the place. So, you know, her thing is she loves travel and every day is different. And I'm kind of a little bit, I'm, I'm similar to Danny, but not quite all the way. But Nagar Fanuni, you guys probably know, she does Instagram stories really well. She's very artistic with it, but she does the same thing every morning. She has a morning routine and she takes people through and she has intentions, but it's always the same thing. She burns sage. She has um, a journal. She does meditation. She's always doing the same thing with the same stuff, but she makes it interesting by changing it up. And there's something about the familiarity that we like, the ritual of it that we come to like and expect. And I think that if you decide that this part of my life is interesting, then it's going to be interesting to other people too. A lot of times we just don't think like, we're like, oh, we're so boring. I don't really have anything. I think if you look at it and you start to name things about like, what would your best friend say about you? Ask your significant other or your best friend, What's like the quirkiest thing about me? What's like something you know about me that you've teased me about? Yep. That could be something that you start to play up as well. I like that. Sometimes it's like where you live even. I was working with a client who lived in New York City and she was just like, I'm so boring, da, da, da. I'm going, you live in New York City. Do you know how many people, like their dream is actually to just go to New York? Like people want to people fly from all over the world to go to New York city. I go, why don't you just start showing amazing things in your city? Things that you walk by every single day that you don't actually think are interesting. Cause it's, it's normal to you. You should share about it. And it actually made me think, and I was in Vegas at the time I was going, you know, I live in Las Vegas and it's actually the same. People fly from all over the world to be in Las Vegas. And there are weird things about Vegas that people don't know when you live here. Like there's basically a casino in every grocery store. So I went <laughs> through the grocery store and I said, well, look, this is something, you know, growing up, you think this is normal. 
but the grocery stores are open 24 hours. And then I walked through and showed the, all the slot machines at the grocery store. And literally every grocery store, except for Walmarts, have slot machines. So it's something that sometimes you're just so used to seeing that. So maybe if you live in the Midwest and there's something quirky about Midwest, but you're used to it, start showing it off because other people in other cities and other towns and other countries find that stuff fascinating. I love it. The last thing that I wanted to share that I had on my list and, and at a high level, you know, I, if you're just listening to this and you're like, this is so not like important to me. Like I just have, I, I know a lot of people just like, you know, they're not trying to build an online brand. They're just kind of like, cool. I have my lifestyle. And I know, I don't know, I don't know about you, but when I was competing, I didn't want anything out of the ordinary. It was like, I need yeah. to be in my kitchen with my specific food on my exact treadmill. Like I did not like anything out of the ordinary because it f- made me feel really anxious. Mm-hmm. So for me as a kind of a recovering control freak, now I enjoy engaging with new activities, right? Like I would never have spent the time to learn skateboarding. I would have been like, I should be at the gym doing cardio, right? <laughs> So I think once, so if, if you're someone who's like, you know what, this isn't really rele- you know, relevant to my life, that's totally cool. We're not saying that you have to be interesting, but if you're trying to build a online personal brand, you do need, and, and Danny mentioned this word earlier, you have to have a charisma about you in some way, shape or form so that people want to pay attention. One of the things I teach my girls is you have to draw a line in the sand. You have to draw a line in the sand with maybe even your just nutrition philosophy or your exercise philosophy. If you are too vanilla, people don't know what you're about. There's nothing to grab a hold of. And so, you know, one way that you can do that is just go, cool. Am I going to just double down on moderation? Am I going to double down on no excuses? Am I going to double down on uh, the black and white way of doing things? Like, I'm just sorry, but I'm like super hardcore. You have to decide that. And then once you do, you have to go all in. At this point, there's not enough room for like kind of a warm presence, right? Like the mm-hmm. last thing you want is someone to be like, oh, Danny, she's fine. Like her stuff's okay. Yeah. That's not enough to get anyone to want to interact with you, take action, whatever it is. You have to be hot or cold, black or white. You do have to draw that line in the sand to say, hey, I'm for this. And you know what? I'm actually not for this at all. So, and you want people to know that. Otherwise, it's not strong enough for them to take action. I I love that. You do need to have a line of the sand. I think when like Jill's talking about online branding and personal branding, but I have also worked with a lot of people who want to do network marketing. Maybe they're, Mm. they're selling a product on the side. Like you have a day job and you're doing something to make extra money for your family and income. And when you're in network marketing, this is everything that Jill's saying is also spot on because you're actually selling yourself in network marketing. There's so many products and services out there that you can get anywhere else. When somebody buys something from you, it's because they are buying you. And so I think if you are working with any kind of MLM type company, this is crucial being able to brand yourself. You know, you have to think that you are your brand. It's not the product you're representing or the service you're representing. It's you. People are buying you. I used to work for a skincare company and I, I, did that, but it wasn't people, people were like, wow, your skin is so amazing. (laughs) They were listening to me because they trusted me. They followed me. They listened to my stories. They, they, liked what I was doing. They liked what it was about. And so you have to be, this is so important. You just do have to be more interesting. Yeah, you do. And, uh, you know, so if you're, and so the only way I can use to describe that is like, it needs to be grab holdable or something like that. Like it needs to be tractionable. There needs to be something about you that people want to look at your Instagram stories when it comes up and there's a new story. Cool. Like you want to be one of those, you want to have those people who are just like super fans or they're just like your story is the one they want to watch every day. Right. And so I'll just run through this really quick. One of the things that one of my favorite books is actually The Charisma Myth um, by, I forget her name. 
Fox Cabane. I forget her first name. Somewhere in here. Anyway, oh, Olivia. Fox Cabane. So when I was obsessed with trying to figure out what makes someone on the internet interesting versus someone who's just not getting traction, they keep trying, they keep being too vanilla, they keep, like, there's just nothing about them that they're, I mean, I don't want to say they're wet mop, but, like, sometimes they're just, like, there's nothing there that's tractionable. And so I really wanted to study charisma, and this book, The Charisma Myth, breaks it down into three specific parts, and I think that all of us probably have a little bit of each of these, but it's interesting to figure out which one of the three is going to be your biggest one that you can double down on. So the first is power. So the first is like if you're like an Elon Musk, right? Like you're not really seen as like super warm really or accessible, but you're just like really smart and really capable and really competent and really convicted. So someone, if you're like have like you're just like a power, you show up and you just know your shit, right? So a lot of us think that's the only thing that we should have because we go, well, I mean, I have all the credentials. I have all the certifications. So we double down on that aspect. But really, that's only one piece of it because if you're not accessible, then you're not going to be able to, you know, have the full picture of what charisma feels like. So yes, be powerful, be, be convicted, be competent. Then there's two others. The next one is presence. So what's your level of um, relatability? Like Danny was talking about not being that like perfect mom every second. Are you accessible? Are you available for conversation? Are you having DM conversations? Do people feel close to you? I feel like Danny's, uh, you know, Danny's probably presence and warmth, I would say, and also power. But uh, for me, I'm probably more power than anything. Uh, But presence is something I'm definitely working on because I want to feel more open and have people feel like they can actually, you know, like I'm, I'm there and I'm in that conversation and we're on the same level. And the third is warmth. Warmth is like, how empathetic are you? You know, how kind are you? How do do people feel connected to you? I think some people who just have warmth can be relegated to just like best friend status and not necessarily teacher status. Mm -hmm. So the power piece gives you that like, well, this person actually knows what the fuck they're talking about, Mm -hmm. which is important too. So you have to have power and then also the warmth piece. And I think probably warmth is my biggest challenge. But if you have even one of those and can kind of double down on that, I think it's that ultimate trust formula of like be the friend and also be the teacher. Be relatable, but also be the authority. Yeah. I love those. I talked about in the talk at Fitposium a lot about using stories to express your credibility, but also relatability. So an example would be, you know, maybe if you're in a it depends on your audience always. Let's say you're, you get to speak in front of a group of people who are your potential clients, but they have no idea who you are. You might have to share some stories about why you're credible. So you can talk about maybe it's a group of people who are trying to lose 100 pounds. And you're like, well, here's a picture of my client who was 300 pounds and now I helped her lose 100 pounds. So you're using story in the way of showing that you have some credibility. There's also places where, and I kind of gave this example of like Oprah, if she walks into a room and talks about all of the things that she's done and her accomplishments, you're kind of nodding your head like, yeah, 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 you're Oprah, like you don't understand me. So she might have to tell stories of why she's relatable and why you want to listen to what she has to say because she's been there. She's had the struggle and she's going to help you through the struggle. So I think that it's important to have both credibility and relatability when you're working with people and knowing when those are appropriate to share and depending on your audience, how you're going to share those. And so like, go, go through your mind and like make lists of what makes you relatable. Like make a list of five Mm -hmm. things that make you relatable, make a list of five things that make you credible and then see how you can start to weave those in to, to what you're doing. I think Jill may be a little bit hard on herself on the like warmth or the second one, whatever that presence, presence, but she does a really good job of pulling out things that make her relatable to people. So while we know that she's smart and intelligent and 
very credible, she's working on the relatability piece. And so I think it's just important that we do all of that. I think we can all do all of it. Sometimes we just focus only on the credibility. And sometimes we're just trying to act credible to our peers. Right. Right. Like so bizarre. You're like, you're like (laughs) trying to talk about all of your certifications and things like that. And yet your customer or client doesn't even care about your credibility. They just want to know, like, does this person even get me or understand what I'm going through? So, you know, when I worked with personal training clients and they were trying to lose weight, I had never lost a significant amount of weight. I did have certifications and degrees, but ultimately I think my client wanted to make sure that I understood them and their, their needs and wants, and that they could be safe with me and that they could, that I could just understand where they were coming from. Mm -hmm. They'd never, I had never had a client ask ever what my certification was. Never, (laughs) Right. And so if you're using, like, if you have on your Instagram profile or something like a ton of letters, like cool, but like no one knows what they mean, right? Unless it's like PhD or MD, like no one really knows what that means. And so I think to just reiterate what Danny said, it is super important that you have that relatability piece and don't be scared of pulling back the curtain. In fact, at this point, people are looking, are dying. You guys know this. You're dying for connection. Even this podcast, people are dying for connection, right? They just want to know that they're not alone. And so don't be scared to, and that is interesting. And when you're telling the story of struggle, you're telling a story of that you want people to relate to be specific. Don't just be like, Oh, like 10 years ago, I struggled with my weight and now I'm cured. Like it needs to be (laughs) like, I remember this time where I went to the grocery store and bought you know, a bag of cookies and I ate the entire bag on the way home from the thing. And then I stopped by a dumpster and like threw it, like it needs to be like that specific. This one woman told me she threw them out the window. I mean, like that is interesting, right? Because it's so fucking real and people are dying for that real piece. So don't be afraid to let people see you sweat. I love it. Yeah. I like interesting people. I love hearing people. You're one of the most interesting people I know. Not to just, not just because of your story, like, which is (laughs) fucking ridiculous. Like, I don't know why you don't have an autobiography yet, but just because you're interested, like, you know, a lot of people, you go to a lot of events, you're always asking questions. Like that is, I mean, you and I like never don't have somebody to talk about. Oh my God. We never stop talking ever. (laughs) And we just turn it on and we just talk on this thing. Sorry. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love it. I want you guys, I want to call to action in this. So if you listen to this episode, I want you to go into the bestlifepodcast.com into our Facebook group and share something interesting about yourself. I want to hear something like really interesting. And I know we actually kind of did that at the beginning when you had to introduce yourself. So Mm -hmm. I want to hear some interesting stories. I love hearing stories and I want, and if you don't know, maybe throw a few ideas and we'll help you pick out why you're, why you're so interesting. And again, ask those people closest to you. Like the, the, what do you get teased the most about? I mean, we all have our thing, so. Oh, yes. All right. Well, it is awesome, you guys. If you have feedback, let us know. We love this. If this is interesting interesting to you, if you want more stuff about online business, let us know. I'm sure we're going to roll some more of that stuff out, but I love this conversation. I'm glad we got recorded finally. We've talked about it a million times, so here we are. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye, guys. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.